Howdy guys, I'm Aiden Matthews, and welcome to the 14th ever episode of Aiden on Anchor, the show where I talk about my life story, as well as my journey with this cool little app called Anchor. It is currently March 20th, 2019. I'm recording this on a Tuesday, not a Monday. That's wild. Uh, not exactly on schedule here, but let's be honest, I haven't done one of these episodes since February 11th? I believe. Yeah, like February 11th. So uh, needless to say, it has been a while since we've done one of these, but I want to get back into doing them. I like the schedule that we were keeping up with. We've done like 13 episodes. Why not go for a 14th, get it all back in order and hopefully keeping it more consistent. But needless to say, a lot has happened since the last episode of A Known Anchor. We actually have a lot to talk about uh, today. This might be the first episode that actually reaches 30 minutes. Who knows? We'll have to find out. Anyway, I'm sure the big question on everybody's mind is, Aiden, what te- what took so long? What took so? How come you haven't been making anything since February? It's like late March. What happened, bruh? What happened, bruh? What happened, bruh? And a lot of things happened, actually. Um, several things. First of all, and this is probably the the main one here. Um, I'm depressed. That's that might not be a shock, <laughs> actually. Now that I think about it, listening back over to some older videos, some older A Non Anchors YouTube podcasts, you can kind of tell. Um, I feel like a lot of my second year content has that kind of shadow cast over it. Um, I don't know how long I've been in a depressed state, um, but it wasn't until late February that I kind of realized that, like, oh. I need to do something about this or I'm going to be miserable forever. So I have been going to therapy for the past couple of weeks. I am on some antidepressants. I just got up to dosage of it today because the dosage they had me on was like for babies (laughs) and they wanted to be sure I didn't have any like radical side effects. Like I wasn't suicidal or anything. Thankfully I'm not. Um, I should say that. Even though I am depressed, I have no thoughts of uh, self-harm or harming other people. I know a lot of people get very uh, worse versions of that, thankfully. I I was not that down on myself to the point where I wanted to to do things um, that weren't healthy, basically. It was more of a mental mental state. Uh, Being depressed absolutely sucks. And I feel like a big contributor to that was was college and the environment that I was in. So uh, because of that, and therapy and antidepressants and stuff, I dropped out. Um, I am now officially a college dropout. I have all my stuff back in this tiny little room. It's no longer split between my college dorm room and my room. It's all here in one place, which is nice. It's 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 nice to be back home in general, uh, where the people you're around like genuinely love you and... Uh, enjoy having you around whereas with college I always felt like I was sort of an outcast um like nobody really wanted me there uh, even teachers or you know people there it was, it was very rare that I had that happy moment <laughs> in college and I don't know if it was like specifically like my fault for not like getting out more and not being more social or if like even if I had tried if it would have mattered at all because I was just in, in such a rough state honestly I, I felt like I had been for the past two or three years ever since starting college 
ever since beginning, and I, I wasn't really happy with that. But I felt the need to continue. I felt the need to try and graduate, to try and not disappoint people, to make everybody feel good about me, even though I didn't feel good about me. And that was kind of a big problem. <laughs> because if you don't feel good about yourself, and the only thing you try to do is uh, just present a good image of yourself to other people, well, then it's uh, kind of kind of self-hurting. It didn't, it didn't help anybody, right? Not only are you not helping the people that you love, you're not helping yourself either. So it, it kind of came to that understanding of like, for once in my life, <laughs> I, I need to be a little selfish and be like, look, I need help. I need, I need, <laughs> I need somebody to talk to. I need to tell people that I've been miserable for a long time. I, I kept it in for so goddamn long uh, to my parents and, and people that I trusted because I didn't want to disappoint people. I didn't want to bother them with my own problems. They have a lot going on. You know, what does it matter <laughs> what I'm going through at this particular point? Uh, I, I, I felt the need to, to keep it in and keep it to myself. And because of that, I had a lot of breakdowns. I had a lot of uh, moments through the day where I would just, like, fucking collapse <laughs> and just not be able to function for five minutes. And that's awful, and it's scary because it feels like you can go throughout a normal day just fine, and then, like, all of a sudden you're walking to lunch and you're breaking down. Uh, I, was, I was just not happy for a long time. And it, it, it took me having another one of these breakdowns and then finally, like, calling my mom over the phone and being like, look, I'm miserable. And I feel like I've been miserable for a long time. And we, like, sat down and we talked about it and we got therapy and we went to get these antidepressants and we dropped out of college and we'd been doing all this work. And I'm, like, looking for a job now. I'm looking for an internship. I'm trying to get back into this creative stuff. I'm trying to you know, work on my show back to the video games because I love media. I love games. I, I've watched so many movies while I'm gone. I've tried out so many different games. I've almost 100%ed Smash Brothers entirely. I'm still missing a couple of spirits, so I'm working on it. But it was just, it was just so nice to finally open up and, and say something to anybody. <laughs> And, and, and for them to listen and be like, wow, these problems are real. You're not just making it up in your head. You're not just complaining. You're not just making excuses. This is like a real issue. And once it was like real, and once it was like not something that was just stuck in my head, once it was something that everybody around me knew was going on, I, it felt a lot more, a lot more freeing, a lot more open. It felt like you know, we were, we were actually making progress. We weren't just meandering around anymore. I wasn't just trying to cope day in and day out by distracting myself with a YouTube video or working on a class that I didn't care for just so my mind would be preoccupied with anything, anything else <laughs> other than what I was dealing with. I don't know. It's been like three or four weeks now since that initial breakdown. And I'm glad I, I, I took the time to kind of take a break from everything, from Maiden on Anchor, from YouTube, from creative projects, and just sort of take a little bit of time for me, honestly. And I think that's that's important for everybody, whether you're depressed or not, is, you know, check in with yourself every once in a while. Wonder how you're doing. And if you need help, uh, the number one thing I can say, and it's not exactly 
a, a breakthrough or a revelation. I, I know it's a very common thing that people say is just just to talk to somebody, anybody. Didn't have to be your parents. Didn't have to be a teacher. It could be a therapist. It could be someone over a hotline. Um, there's. I'm not talking about like suicide hotlines, which obviously, if you are having those thoughts, call somebody. But I mean, like, there's like therapy hotlines. Like the first five visits I have to this therapist are pretty much free. Um, so that's exciting, <laughs> and it means that a lot more people like could potentially see somebody. And granted, you can't fix all your problems in like five visits to a therapist. It kind of has to be like a habit, a gradual thing. But at the very least, you can kind of unclutter your mind. I felt like I was I was very much trapped in my own head um, for these past several years, and that sort of made the depression worse. And just being able to like honestly open up uh, with just with just somebody who who knew what they were talking about, just open up all my thoughts, all my insecurities, all my issues with somebody who had no no say or, or no uh, horse in this race, right? His only goal was to make me feel better. <laughs> and so it was a lot easier to like be honest and, and open with somebody like that rather than some teacher who's trying to keep me out of college or a counselor who's trying to keep me out of college or, or something else. Like it didn't feel genuine there. Uh, seeing a therapist was like the a total reverse. And uh, taking these antidepressants too. I don't know if they've been doing anything as of late like I don't feel better or worse per se uh, but I'm not having any side effects thankfully and hopefully there's they're saying that in like four four five six weeks I'm supposed to like see a noticeable improvement so we'll see otherwise I haven't noticed a, a difference a lot of the time uh and I've, and I've like aside from those two big things another thing I've been doing to sort of help is just to like kind of be actively involved in like little projects like, a little project I had going on was to get a new mattress in my room because I had trouble sleeping. We did that. Uh, another little project was to get some, like, tires and some rims uh, for my truck. We did that, you know. Um, another thing, um, my dad's mother passed away, and so we had to do, like, a funeral. And that was, like, whew, all kinds of rough, but it it kept me preoccupied with something else. Uh where I didn't have to constantly think about myself, <laughs> where I could help other people, uh, doing these little projects and sort of getting involved. And even if it was just something dumb, like one day my dad just had to go to like the DMV and I did that for a day. Uh, just these little projects of getting involved in like little stuff like that have been super helpful to keep my mind occupied. And so I'm not just like sitting at the house and stewing <laughs> because that can be its own little scary thing. So yeah, if you're wondering, I guess I'm closing here because I don't want to talk about it for like 30 minutes, even though I really could. Uh, I guess I'm closing for this whole little deal. If you're wondering why Aiden on Anchor or YouTube hasn't been a thing as of recently, it's because late February, broke down, got diagnosed with depression, uh, left college, <laughs> moved back in, took some antidepressants, I'm going to therapy. Uh, I've, I've been very active. I've been very busy. Um, I haven't been doing nothing, per se. Uh, but I sort of took some time for myself and I uh, greatly appreciate it. And uh, thanks to everybody on Discord who did know what was going on um, for being supportive and just sort of letting me sort of take that time that I really needed. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. We're going to be back to doing some of this stuff, hopefully, uh, semi-regularly. I have a lot of ideas, obviously, because I had a lot of time off and a lot of little projects I want to work on, so... 
yeah, that's pretty much it for that. Get some help. That's 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 the big message. If anything, you're listening through this. Uh, hopefully, this inspires you to like get some help, or at the very least, like you know somebody maybe who's dealing with similar things, and you want to do your best to to help them out or or something else. Because man, it really when you're depressed, it really feels insular. Having other people around you is such a big deal. Just anybody, honestly. So that was a big deal. Anyway, <laughs> moving on, I want to go ahead and change the subject to a bit more of a, a lighthearted um, fuck up, I guess. Uh, I want to talk now about Google Stadia, Google's entry into the video game marketplace. Now, just saying that sentence sounds exciting, right? Like, you think, a new competitor to video games? Like, wow, we've, we've had Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo for such a long time. Like, we're actually changing up the landscape a little bit, and it's from Google. Like, the same Google as, like, the search engine Google, the same Google behind YouTube, this tech empire with, like, so much money, they don't even know what to do with it. Google Pixel phones, like, Google Home, all all these products, and now they're getting into video games. Like, wow, that's exciting. Uh, are they going to have, like, a console? What, what exactly is Google Stadia? Well, I can safely say after listening to the press conference and reading a bunch of articles i honestly <laughs> have no idea <laughs> really and that's kind of the problem um google stadia sounds like a mess from what i can gather and this is sort of the simple dumbed down idiot version um you can get a lot deeper into it if you want to from what i can gather google stadia is a streaming service it's not a console the idea is that through google servers and their internet providers and all these sort of stuff. It's going to be a streaming service where you can stream games on anything. A TV, PC, tablet, phone, whatever. And not only that, another thing that they're kind of pushing is that you can switch between these devices in the same game and like instantly pick up where you left off. So let's say you were playing, they were showing like Assassin's Creed playing on the phone through the Google Stadia and it looks like beautiful or whatever. Like, just through the power of the internet. That's crazy. And then, like, he puts the phone down, and then he goes to his laptop. And then he plays it, and it's right where the phone was at. So, like, it's instantaneous, right? There's, like, no latency or anything like that. Very small loading times. You can instantly pick up where you left off on all these different platforms, which is kind of cool. Um, to go along with this streaming service, they also have a Google controller, which is kind of awkward-looking. Um... The joysticks are kind of like at the bottom and they're a bit close together, which is kind of weird, but the texture on them looks fine. They have your standard, you know, four buttons. And the D-pad is weird. It's kind of, I guess I would compare it most like the Microsoft D-pad, uh, if like a little bit jankier and a little bit weirder. Honestly, if you haven't seen it yet, I would just Google like the Stadia controller uh, and look at it yourself because it's hard for me to sort of explain it. It's just kind of awkward looking honestly and, and the colors they showed with it really didn't impress me all that much either although they did say that it will be able to work fine with just like usb and bluetooth controllers so you don't have to use a stadia controller thank god but they're touting like it has a share feature and all this sort of stuff so that's that's a bit weird um aside from those two things that i told you though we really don't know a whole lot about it honestly we know the logo we know it's a streaming service. We know there's a controller with it. As far as price, no idea. As far as what games are coming to it, no idea. Requirements, no idea. Like, what all it can do, 
they showed a couple of things it could do, hypothetically. There's this kind of, like, weird thing where it can change art styles to games on the fly. So, like, there's, like, a filter where it'll change your game into, like, a Vincent Van Gogh art style and then go to, like, a black and white style. Like, it's, like, filters, basically, for games. And that's kind of cool. It just, like, is a little algorithm that figures out all the textures and then, like, puts a filter over it. So you can change art styles instantly. That's kind of cool. Another thing they showed, like, let's say somebody's playing a game on YouTube and since Google owns YouTube, there'll be like a little drop down thing where it's like, play it now on Stadia. And you click it and you're in the exact same game right away. Also interesting, kind of, uh, especially for like Let's Plays and gaming channels, that can be kind of huge of like, hey, that guy's playing a cool game. I kind of want to try it out. And then instantly one click and you're there, you know, I, I think Google Stadia, if everything works out as they're intending to, could be the most convenient way to play games and i'm all about convenience um when playing games it's part of the reason why i like the switch so much it's a very convenient system you can play it on the handheld you put it on the tv it's convenient it's it's nice i can play both ways rather easily there's a lot of interference there and i feel like hypothetically if google like plans to have 4k and eventually 8k and 60 fps and all these triple a games and they have a game development studio now so they're gonna be making their own first party stuff in the future like hypothetically it could be really good and with a big company like google they'll be able to finance it all and even if it's a failure for the first several years which it probably will be um they can fund it and like live with that loss youtube has still not made a profit in all its years of existing so you know they, they're kind of known for pushing things far past their expiration date google plus i'm looking at you uh, i'm glad that thing is getting rid of in april <laughs> thank god uh i hate google plus i swear to god this is it's the worst social media platform on earth so i said all these nice things about google stadia i said all these benefits all these crazy things that could potentially be a reality the problem with google stadia is that it's another one of these streaming services and of course that means that it's instantly like limiting a good portion of people who might be interested in it simply because it relies on your internet connection. There are people with data caps. There are people who live in rural areas, um, urban areas maybe have a better time with this, but if you live out in the country, I imagine Google Stadia is just not gonna be an option for you. If you don't live in a first world country, that might not be an option for you. If your internet infrastructure is not as good as the rest of the world, might not be an option for you. And so like Google Stadia already out of the gate, this sort of new streaming service is kind of limiting itself to like a few countries, like the US and maybe Britain. Uh, but like not too much else outside of that. Definitely nowhere in the Southern Hemisphere, definitely nowhere in Africa, potentially a few Asian countries, but yeah, I don't know about that, especially with restrictions they've had. Like, I'm not sure who really is the target audience other than people with like godlike internet. And if that's the case, I feel like there are just, you know, a bunch of other streaming services that could potentially fill those needs better. There's PlayStation Now, there's like an Xbox version of it, I believe. Like, the Switch in Japan, like, has a streaming service where you could play, like, Resident Evil 7 through there. Um, like, there's, those are options from, like, qualified gaming companies who have been around a lot longer. Google, like, sure, has the internet infrastructure and everything, but they're not established yet. Uh, which means, I don't know how many people are going to, like, bite early on. Uh, I don't know how many people are, are that interested in, in a streaming concept from google 
I'm, I'm particularly not interested in, like, streaming games, period. I like owning things physically. I like having consoles. I like the physicality of it. I like the fact that I can put my games on a shelf and show off the games that matter to me. I am so huge into game preservation and holding on to the copies that I had from childhood and everything. And the idea of just streaming games, like, isn't a thing I want to do, honestly. I'm okay with streaming movies. Like, I love Netflix. Spotify is honestly amazing. Uh, you can stream books. You can stream almost every form of media except for games. Um, but it's, like, not something I want <laughs> for games, honestly. I know a lot of people do. A lot of people would rather just pay, like, a little subscription service and get access to all the AAA games and, like, YouTubers and streamers and content creators won't have to pay $60 for the hottest new game and can just get on Google Stadia and stream it. Like, I'll be honest with you. I, I see potential in it. The, the problem is I'm just not into the idea of a streaming service, and I don't think a lot of people are going to be able to get use out of it. Uh, throw that in with an awkward controller. Throw that in with the fact that we have no price. Throw that in with the fact that we don't have even games announced for it. What's the most important part? of any gaming platform is the games, right? Uh, we're, we're led to believe that maybe we'll get some Assassin's Creed here and there, maybe some Bethesda, maybe some like third-party stuff, but you know we're not gonna be getting like anything exclusive. You know we're not gonna be getting anything Nintendo-related. You know we're not gonna be getting any of Sony stuff. Microsoft might be a little bit more willing to the concept, but considering they're gonna be competing now, I'm not sure they're gonna be putting a lot of their first-party stuff Third party is a bit different, obviously. I could see them enjoying it. Maybe indie games potentially could work really well in the service. And, like, Google has a first party studio now, but it's going to take a while for them to get an established IP. Something like a Halo, right? I feel like a lot of people are comparing this to the Microsoft deal. Like, remember when Microsoft was just a computer company in the early 2000s? They're like, we're going to come out with a gaming console, and everybody thought it would fail. Like, I, I see where those comparisons are at. I think the difference is Microsoft had Halo. Uh, <laughs> Microsoft had a console out of the gate um, that was powerful enough to compete out of the gate. And it had games with it. And sure, there were a lot of problems with the original Xbox. The big, stupid, bulky controller. Uh, you know, not a lot of exclusives. Halo was great, but then what after? But it also did a lot of unique and innovative things, like online gaming was pretty much a thing started by Microsoft. Uh, the fact that you could have, like, Xbox Live in the sixth generation of systems is, is kind of wild, honestly. And it introduced a lot of great franchises, and third-party games, like it or not, looked the best on the Xbox. Um, so it's kind of the best way to play, like, any of the older GTA games, if you're interested in that. And they're, like, dirt cheap now. You can mod Xboxes too. There's just there were just a lot of qualities that the Xbox had that that this doesn't have. There's no Halo for the Google Stadia. There's no big IP. There's no game that's gonna get a lot of people to try this out. Um, and if latency is a thing, if lag is a thing, if any of those issues crop up, this thing's gonna be dead in the water for a long time. And frankly, especially with the streaming service, these first impressions matter a lot of the time. I know it's gonna be unfair day one when the Google Stadia comes out and people try it out and there's obviously going to be technical issues because of course there is and it's going to be unfair for people to be like I'm never trying this again because like they haven't even built it up yet but that's how gaming works you have a day or two to get your game get your console out and open and if it doesn't do well like it's really hard to recover because first impressions matter and the first impression that I'm getting from Stadia is that like 
they honestly have no idea what they're doing. They didn't really have an idea in their conference or what they were going for or exactly what. I didn't find a whole lot innovative or new. They had a lot of YouTubers there. They had a lot of weird ideas that didn't seem practical or or useful. And like the key information, we still don't know yet. Still don't know a price. Still don't know games. All that sort of stuff. I'm rambling, obviously. I'm repeating a lot of stuff. Bottom line, I'm very... Uh, I'm not a big fan of the Google Stadia, honestly. I think Google is making a mistake here. I prefer consoles in general. We still don't know a lot of information about it. And most importantly, like we don't have a game for it yet. Um, even Microsoft, for as much as people ragged on them, at least they had like Halo in their pocket and they showed it off and they released it early on and it like blew people away. More than, you know, technology and all the potential that Google Stadia has, what's going to make it live or die is the games on there and so far we don't have a whole lot other than assassin's creed which is not enough to sell a system but that's it on the google stadia and uh yeah i'm glad i got to get all that off my chest i had a lot to say about the google stadia i i thought i was gonna make like a back to the video games episode on it but i figured you know what fuck it we'll just throw it in an aiden on anchor episode and it'll be just as good man it'll be just as freaking good have this coupon for some free baconator fries and Wendy's, and I'm kind of a little hungry right now. So, yeah, I think this is where we're gonna end off today. I think. Is there anything else I want to talk about? Uh, not that I can think of. No. All right. Well, we will end it off here. We didn't exactly hit 30 minutes, but we spent a lot of time on our two topics, and I figured like I offered a good bit of insight and value there. If you like this episode of Aiden on Anchor, let me know. However you do that on Anchor or other social media platforms. Uh, go ahead and check out my YouTube channel, Blue Catch Productions. I, you know, make videos there sometimes. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Blue Catch YT. And hey, if you want to support this podcast, you can donate to it through your fan funding. That's always awesome. It's always a great little thing you can do. You don't have to. I completely understand not wanting to, considering this podcast is never consistent. But hey, if you want to, that's always an option. I've been Aiden of Blue Couch Productions, and I'm signing off. Bye.